Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smokes end of the season before bowl game podcast. I guess that's what we're going to call it. Um, I haven't talked to you fellas in a while, Holt. Jordan Brooks Brooks, Timmy King of Memphis, Holt Smash. Y'all out there? How y'all been? Pretty good, Alex. It's good to uh, finally get back on this thing. Get this show on the road. Yeah, man. Um, we've kind of blown up a little bit. We've gotten two whole reviews on iTunes. I feel like we're, we're big stuff. I feel like we can go to Central Barbecue now and ask them to be like a sponsor for us. Dude, going to be taking money or are we just going to be getting free meals? Is there anything worth more than free Central Barbecue? Because I don't think so. I'm I mean, not if sure you're, there is. Yeah, I mean, if we're just getting free barbecue just by mentioning them on the air, then, you know, I'm game for that. Jeb, you are. They owe us a lot of barbecue. Yeah, they sure. Because we've been talking about them a lot. You know, I I do like to say um, they sure as shit do. I don't know who said that. I think, I feel like that's like a a Dalton thing or our our best friend that's not, no longer, can't be mentioned. Um, But I I say it's sure as shit. But they sure as shit do because we do say um, Central Barbecue a lot for free. For free. Um, But, Jeb, you're also one to talk about wanting Central Barbecue because. I heard somebody got a whole another year older and didn't even go to Central Barbecue for the birthday. I did not because I'm more than likely going to be getting Central Barbecue this Saturday in celebration after the watch party. So, you know, it'll be kind of cool to go in there. Do you think, okay, and the, the, let's, let's let everybody know the watch party you're talking <clears> about, I'm assuming, is the Tennessee-Memphis basketball game? Yes, I will be going there wearing my orange in a place full of tiger blue. Which one are you, you going to go to the one on summer? Yeah, the one on summer. Are you going to pay for a tip, JB? Why would I pay for a tip? The watch party will be over. <laughs> so are you going to actually get food? Are you going to pay for food in there, JB? Yeah, I'm going to go there and eat. I, I'm going to the game, bro. I'm saying I'm going to be going there for a celebration meal after oh, oh, the game. Okay, okay. So you're saying you're going to the game, but you're going to go afterwards to celebrate with your big orange fat ass in Central Barbecue. Sure. Sure. All right. Um, well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll debate. Um, big game, big basketball game. We'll talk about it in a second. Uh, Memphis Tennessee is supposed to be kind of a rivalry. It's kind of getting heated up now because Tennessee's uh, really good in basketball. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what they got on Saturday. Um, do you think, JB, you're going to the game? Do you think there'll be more Memphis fans or Tennessee fans in the FedEx Forum? Oh, there'll be more. There'll be more Memphis fans. But I'm expecting, you know, maybe a few thousand uh, Tennessee fans that will show up. Uh, I think there'll be more Tennessee fans this year than there have been from previous years. So, you know, we'll see. Hold, are you – have you ever been more excited for anything on this show besides this rapid-fire questions coming at the end? Uh, no, I don't think so. I've actually been over here just trying to think of, like, some random ones and uh, typing them into my notes section on my phone so I don't forget them. I got I'm some good ones. Low. I'm getting a little nervous over here. Yeah. Hold on. You, you should be because there's some <laughs> there's some tricky ones. I'm and, sure. Uh... We'll see, we'll see. We don't know. We, see, here's the thing about this rapid fire for you people out there listening. You people. We don't we don't know who the questions are we going to. It, tonight it's going to be me or Alex. Holt's the one that's going to be asking. So me or Alex is going to be the one getting the questions, and we have no idea what the questions are. And which one of us is going to be the one to answer the questions? Well, they, just, they cover a wide variety of topics. Yeah. I just feel more comfortable knowing that JB has answered the questions too, because I feel like there's nothing I can say that'll be more more dumb than what JB's going to say or stupider or funnier <laughs> than JB's going to say. There's no way. In fact, just for a little tidbit, 
Um, we won't we won't go into detail, but if you want a good laugh at home, just go ahead and search the hashtag shit JB says on Twitter. And these are real things that a guy we know named JB might have said in the past. It's it's a good good time, good little entertaining read. Um, you won't find them. <laughs> you don't think I'll find them? No, they won't be found. <laughs> that means they will be found. Um, no, they won't be found. We we mentioned earlier that people have actually taken the time out of their busy life to review us on iTunes. And I actually wrote their names down, and I'm sure this is the the name that their mother called them coming out of the womb. So we'll just go ahead and call them that. Um, shout out to Madden King Hawk for giving us <laughs> a favorable review. Now that's a, that that's a badass name right there, badass motherfucking name. It really is because this he probably came out of the womb before, or she came out of the womb before Madden was even a thing. I mean, John Madden was obviously still alive, but I don't know when the first Madden game is. Probably like Madden '96. It might be. I feel like I was mid-90s when Madden started. But he's obviously an Arkansas fan. He, um, and he asked us to mention the catfish hole in Fayetteville. And I haven't been to Fayetteville. I've been to Fayetteville once before in my life um, for a cross-country race, believe it or not. Not a football game. But I want to go for a football game. But I heard um, Fayetteville's a fine town. No, that's Little Rock, actually. Little Rock's a fine town. But- Little Rock's a fine town. Actually, uh, I went to Fayetteville one time also, and I went to the Whataburger. (laughs) Big surprise. But uh, it was like right after it opened, I was living in Little Rock at the time, and I'd never been to Fayetteville, and some people I worked with went to school up there. So we went up there for just a night, just a random Friday night, and went out in the town. It's a pretty underrated place. There's a lot of like uh, bars with like roofs and stuff like you can get up get up like on the roof and it's like really crowded and they have a bar and stuff so this is like pretty cool and i saw uh oh what's his name it was like sebastian something like that offensive lineman that threw a touchdown pass a few years ago oh yeah yeah y'all remember that play uh that was i I met him uh when we were out there too which was pretty cool he's probably pretty easy to spot i'm assuming because it's big yeah because so it it sounds kind of like a sky bar in auburn yeah, it was bigger, actually. You know, it doesn't take that much. I don't know how much there really is to do in Fayetteville. I mean, a lot of these college towns, the college is the center of the whole town. But, you know, if you have a bunch of young kids and you have bars, I mean, that's all you really need. I don't really know how much more you need. Uh, it's not like Starbucks. Starbucks not like, there's not a lot to do in Starbucks. People tell you that all the time. But there's a lot of, I mean, there's a whole fraternity row that you experience whole. But there's a lot of college bars, which are fun, I think. And, so I, that's what I think is uh, fun about yeah, it's a, the bars in Fayetteville are a lot more roomy than they are in Starville. Starville's the bars there are really small and get I, really crowded. I'm slightly disappointed because I I want to. He's talking about Catfish Hole in Fayetteville. And I haven't been, um, but I do want to get actually that. I actually looked up this place, Catfish Hole, and it's been on uh, Todd's Taste of the Town. Remember when Todd Blackledge used to do Taste of the Town? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's actually one of the restaurants that he did while in Fayetteville. And, you know, I have, I have a catfish allergy, as you both know, so that's, I can't eat the catfish. That's what I was but, getting to. That's what I was getting to is that yeah. you can't enjoy catfish like we can. I know you enjoy food as just as much as we do, so it's kind of disappointing. But there's still probably really good southern food that you can eat there. Yeah, like I'd probably go there and get maybe the frog legs or really? uh, or chicken tenders. I never pictured you to be a frog leg type of guy. I've had frog legs. They're not bad. It's a, it's definitely a uh, southern delicacy, but Long, I like them. They're pretty good. I would be more. I'd be most excited to try the hush puppies. Just looking at the hush puppies in the pictures, they look outstanding. And I'm a big hush puppy motherfucker. (laughs) Um, I mean, I'm a sucker for a good hush puppy. (laughs) I'm a sucker for a hush puppy. Um, 
what I was gonna say is whenever whenever I go, I've been to a couple of barbecue places. You, which you'll you'll see coming up and coming on uh, Fat Fridays. Which you you made fun of the I've smoking hot barbecue and somewhere in Alabama I went on the way home to Memphis. JB, it was actually pretty good too. You need to shut the fuck up because it was actually pretty good. That was kind of cute that uh, you posted that on our Twitter too. Because when I just looked at the picture, I like that just looks so gross to me. It did not look like good barbecue. <laughs> I mean, plus, it's just funny the way that you were just driving on the interstate and you're like, hey, Ashley, let's look at some places to eat at while we're on the way. And then you just stumble upon this random barbecue joint in Anniston, Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> It's actually like 15 minutes off the interstate, too, so it wasn't really close. Oh, man. You drove 15 minutes out of the way. Debbie, you drive like 45 minutes to go to Whataburger. I don't. I drive 45 minutes out of the way for some good food. I don't drive 15 minutes out of the way for some shit food. Yeah, Alex. Fucking dumbass. Yeah. First of all, Debbie. Yeah, and also, it's not 45 minutes out of the way for Whataburger in Fultondale. That's only five minutes. Or actually, no. I timed it. It is three minutes out of the way for me to go to that Whataburger. And it's also the Bojangles next door, too. So I get Whataburger and Bojangles. So you can go just take a seat, Al. Hey, um, hold. Have you ever met a bigger barbecue snob than JB, Mr. Tender King of Memphis? Uh, I honestly don't think so. I don't think there is. Like, there's good barbecue, obviously, in Memphis. But, like, he won't even, like, admit anything's good outside of Memphis. Which is, no. I bet, if Knox, I bet if Knoxville had, like, a big barbecue place, he'd be talking that up. Oh, he does. You're right. That's a good point. Um, we also want to mention. If, if, that's the thing. There seems to be a direct correlation between how good the food is and whether or not JB has like a favorite team that plays there. I don't know about that. Like St. Like you like you were talking about the food in St. Louis because you're like a big Cardinals fan. You're always talking about the food in Knoxville because you're a Tennessee mm, fan. And not really. You always really. talk about the food in Memphis because you're from there. You're no, Which no. I agree with that because I, I love the food in Memphis, but. Yeah. I haven't really had that many great places in Knoxville, to be honest. And the place I went to in St. Louis is Pappy's, which is actually one of the most famous places in the country for ribs. So, I mean, those ribs are pretty good, too. When I was in – yeah, I was about to say, when I was in Knoxville for work, you sent me, like, at least five places you wanted me to go in, like, the two days I was there. (laughs) Yeah, sounds about right. Um, Also, want to give a shout-out to Cattails. I think that's his slash her name. I guess we should do gender neutral. Uh, be get, give it the time. Let's, let's be a little. Let's be a little gender neutral here. You know, we are a uh, gender neutral society. So uh, let's let's just pretend that we don't know if this is a male or a female. You know, we'll just say it's a she male. <laughs> yeah, a shim. That's not the right thing to say. A, sh- a, sh- a shim or a, or a he male or or no? What what the hell? She male. She male. Funny how like the more politically correct you try to be, like the less politically correct you actually are. Yeah, exactly. Well, like I'm is... probably just, I'm probably right now just defending somebody you know in San Francisco. So I'm just gonna you know be quiet. Just, uh, we're not getting a good sponsor. So I'll tell you that right now. Um, maybe we get some Trump supporters though. Hey, so oh god. <laughs> he or she does not even like SEC football, but he likes he or she likes listening to us. So, you gotta build that wall, bro. Build that wall. Uh, <laughs> not us. We don't really care. We want to talk no, no political stuff. So <laughs> this guy said he doesn't like SEC football, and then he said sickum at the end. Is that is that like the Georgia sickum, or is that like the Baylor sickum? I, I think I'm I think, to I, think I think sickum is Georgia. So I'm, what I'm guessing is this person probably likes Georgia casually, but I don't know how this person uh, found our show. I, mean, I, 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 I thought I thought Baylor fans said that too. So I thought maybe he was a Baylor fan. Yeah, like I'm curious how this person found us, but you know, I, I like that. You know, that's that's cool. It's probably Jalen Hurd. That's probably who it is. Yeah. Jalen Hurd. Oh God, Jalen Hurd. You quit on Tennessee a few years ago. You know, you can go fuck yourself. And that's who you are. Hey, let's talk about Jalen Hurd for a second, because coincidentally, 
Jalen Hurd and Baylor play Vanderbilt, and I think is it what was the Texas Bowl? I think it is. And yeah. Jalen Hurd's not even playing, and people are like saying, "Oh, Jalen Hurd's scared of Vanderbilt because Vanderbilt kept beating him when he was in Tennessee." But actually, Jalen Hurd had really good games in Tennessee against Vanderbilt. I think they actually beat him, beat Vanderbilt too when he was there. They did, yeah. They beat him while he was there. Anyways, uh, they beat they, they beat him every year he played against Vanderbilt. Uh, his junior year, the year he quit on them, they lost to Vanderbilt. But he had already left the team by then. A team with Alvin Kamara and everything. Can you believe that? Alvin Kamara, John Kelly, Josh Malone, Josh Dobbs, Derek Barnett. Yep. Josh Dobbs, much talent. Josh Dobbs playing on this past Sunday. Can you believe that? Yep, I saw that. Crazy. And, man, talk about the Steelers, a team that's in turmoil right now. Yeah, but we're not going to talk about NFL because we don't care much about the NFL. We care about yeah, the NFL. Yeah, no. For the NFL. We can talk about Dak if you want. <laughs> no. No, we can talk about – No, no we, don't, we don't talk about America's least favorite team on here. Talk about Anthony Miller. That's who everybody likes. Chicago, hey? All right. Um, anyway, so a lot of stuff has happened since our last podcast. I think we've we've left off. We knew where the bowl games were, so we talked about the bowl games a little bit. We could we could do pick them, but I don't really want to do pick them. I want to talk about the big coaching carousel, carousel, whatever, however you say, carousel. Um, carousel, is that what you said? Carousel. <laughs> <laughs> it's French. I, Arouse, arouse, are you aroused, Alex? Yeah, I'm excited for uh, Ole Miss's quarterback next year, Matt Carousel, to see what he can do. The, the golden carousel. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Ole Miss. We 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 don't all hate you. Uh, just me and Ole Miss. Matt, the JB, golden carousel. JB's JB's a closet Ole Miss fan. Yeah, JB is a closet Ole Miss he, fan. He'll he never admit whole, it. He did the whole hotty toddy in the whole group text before we even did it. I know. Can you believe that? Man, I, I can actually. Like I'm telling you, he's secretly a Tennessee fan, or secretly an Ole Miss fan. I will, well, like, you already know I'm a Tennessee fan. That's been out of the closet for decades. <laughs> Jabby's been out of the closet for decades. All right, let's talk about Ole Miss JB for a second. Ole Miss has fired not Fred McGriff, but his cousin Wesley McGriff as a defensive coordinator, and since replaced it with newly fired Colorado coach Mac McIntyre. Mike McIntyre. Yeah. Yes. I was, I was going to say Mark, but. I tweeted out earlier that it's going to take an act of God to help this Ole Miss defense be good. Do you think McIntyre is going to come in here and just turn this whole thing around and beat Mississippi State, beat Alabama, and win that championship? Yeah, I mean, I think it's reasonable to say that he's going to improve the defense. What I think is going to be interesting is when, Al- when Ole Miss has a horrible season next year and finishes 3-9, and nine, Mike McIntyre might be promoted to head coach because he already has that head coaching experience, and he is a, uh, you know, a guy with a lot of connections in the South, so – I th- Watch out for that. I think he's actually better than Hugh Freeze. Although I'm not Hugh Freeze. I have not Hugh Freeze. Um, I have Hugh McIntyre got a raw deal at Colorado. I don't think he's a bad coach at all. I actually think that this might be setting up for Mike McIntyre to succeed Matt Luke after the conclusion of next season. Bullshit. You know what? Gonna- or what will happen is that he might be the interim head coach. Interim. And then ends up keeping the job. Same thing as Matt Luke. No. But this Miss, time he's actually qualified, let, unlike go, Matt Luke. Let's go to the inside Mississippi scoop on this one. Holt, um, is there any way McIntyre can – I can understand JB's logic saying that he could be the interim coach next year when Matt Luke has been go, going 3-9 or whatever. He's on a six-game losing streak and they, he gets fired, and then McIntyre is the interim coach. But I don't think he lasts after that to the next year because Ole Miss wants – they think they're better than they are. They want somebody better than McIntyre. Mike Norvell. They could get Norvell. They get Norvell. That's if they go the offensive route. But I asked, Jay, I asked Holt, JB, so shut up. <laughs> I know um, you didn't ask me. I think uh, – You should I, get I my opinion anyway. 
All right, you done, JB, or yeah. you want to keep talking? No, no, keep going. Hold we can, we, I mean, if you want, we can just change the name of the podcast to that's JB what, Talks for an Hour. That's what I mean, that's what you want to do. I mean, I think some people like talk, hearing me talk just because, I mean, I got called a comedian by two different people, so maybe yeah. that should be the uh, JB, yeah, the Tinder King. Yeah, well, I, the, I remember one guy said you should do stand-up, so I would, yeah. I would very much enjoy seeing that. Maybe no, you could get, like, a, a Netflix special or something yeah. one day. No, the only, only problem is if I do stand-up, I'll end up killing myself 10 years from now because all comedians end up going into depression, so I'll probably stay away from stand-up. JB, no, you're just – but you're, I don't think it would work like that for you. So I probably just offended some people with that. Sorry. No, but anyway, hold talk about talk about Ole Miss's defensive coordinator, and I guess maybe if yeah, I I'm I think it's a pretty decent hire, honestly. Um, you know, just like JB was saying, they're not going to get much worse defensively. Um, they really have nowhere to go but up. I like McIntyre. I think he's a really good defensive mind. He has some ties to Ole Miss. Used to coach there in the past, and uh, you know, I do think it's a good hire. I think he'll improve them a little bit. I still don't think talent wise they're where they need to be. Um, you know, to compete in the conference. And I do agree that Matt Luke isn't going to survive next season. Um, I mean, maybe McIntyre could be like an interim, but I don't think he's going to get the full-time job. I think uh, Ole Miss is going to try to give it one more go with Matt Luke, and it's probably going to probably going to have a rough year next year, and then they're going to look to make a splash hire. I don't um, – I don't understand. Yeah, why. I would. I would go ahead and guarantee right now that Matt Luke will be fired after the end of next yeah. season. Like he has the hottest seat of any coach going to the next. I don't and know if he has the hottest eight, seat. Actually, no. Gus Malzahn's the hottest seat. But I actually guarantee Matt Luke will get fired. I'm not going to guarantee Gus Malzahn, but I'm absolutely 100 percent guaranteeing that Matt Luke will not be the head coach at Ole Miss after next season. And uh, you know, AJ Brown declared early. DK Metcalf declared early. Greg Little declared early. I assume. Uh, Benito Jones is leaving early as well. They're really only playmaker on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, it's it's definitely going to take a little bit of a step back. They lose Tayama, their quarterback as well. And uh, it was announced either today or yesterday that Phil Longo is going to go be the OC at North Carolina. I know a lot of Ole Miss fans didn't really like Phil Longo, but, I mean, they were top ten in the country in yards per game and – you know, they struggled in the red zone and they struggled against the better defenses they faced. But, you know, I, I still don't consider that like a win for, for Ole Miss for him to leave. So uh, I think they're definitely going to struggle next year, losing everything they lose and, start, you know, having a new offense and a new defense and just not a lot of talent um, overall. Their, so, their recruiting class is better than Mississippi State's, though, right? Slightly. Uh, not as of two days ago. When Ooh, who did Mississippi State just get? Mississippi State picked up a former Florida State commit, top 100 offensive lineman, Charles Cross from Laurel, Mississippi, Ooh. just down the road from, from me. Um, the uh, state moved up, and I think Ole Miss is about to lose a running back from right here in Flowood as well. That's a, that's a scoop. Oh, man. So I'm looking at it now. Which we need to pause and just appreciate the. I mean, I don't know if there's any bias in the recruiting rankings, but good lord, the, all the SECs in the top 25. So we'll start with uh, we'll start with the top 25. And go down here. South Carolina is number 23. This is according to 247 Composite, which is like the consensus ranking now everybody uses. Uh, South Carolina is number 23. Florida's 20. Ole Miss is 19. Arkansas is 18. Mississippi State 17. Tennessee 16. Got Auburn's 12. LSU for A and M's three, Georgia's two, and Alabama's one. Um, did y'all see the two? No, there's a five star and a four star for Alabama that decommitted. 
and decommitted from their schools and committed to Alabama in the same day. Which I have funny. a really funny story. All right, let me about, think about it. So, all right, this I'm guy, a chair. this guy that uh, I used to work with actually when I was in Little Rock, one of the guys I went to Fable with that I was actually talking about in that story earlier. Uh, he has uh, he's a radio personality in the Oklahoma area where this kid, this guy flipped from Michigan to Alabama. Jackson. He actually broke the news uh, with his with his account that has less than 50 followers. He broke this story, and uh, all these Michigan fans were tweeting all this stuff at him, and he was just coming up with all these really witty comebacks, and it was really funny to see. And there was this one Michigan fan who said uh, – <laughs> He said, uh, anyone who knows anything about recruiting knows it's called a flip or something like that. And then he's like, well, you know, you can call it whatever you want, but I think we can both agree that he's no longer a Wolverine. <laughs> 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 I just thought it was really funny, especially, like, if you know him, because I, I just read the whole thing in his voice, and it was just did, it was really funny. Did he his followers skyrocket after that? Uh, I think so, yeah. He had a lot of – he got a lot of retweets on that, and a lot of people thought that it was a joke at first. And, you know, like, Michigan fans were tweeting like, a bunch of bad stuff at him. <laughs> and then uh, a bunch of Ohio State fans came in and started making fun of the Michigan fans. And then a bunch of people started tweeting about how an account with, like, less than 50 followers, like, broke that story. <laughs> Is it because um, – well, no, here's what I'm saying. How, how did he get the scoop? I mean, he's local, I guess. Yeah, he's local. He, he calls uh, – high school games in that area for a radio station. And I guess he just had some kind of a connection. And I guess there had been like some message board rumors. Um, but he was like the first person to like tweet it out and like say that it was going to happen basically. So let's just get some subjectivity here. Some opinion base. Jamie, what do you think is going on here when you have to, I mean, I know what I think, but then again, Alabama does recruit five stars all the time. So it's not a big deal, but it's just, some weird timing for a five-star and a four-star to decommit and commit to Alabama in the same day. Mm, it's just Alabama being Alabama. Saban is the absolute best closer when it comes to recruiting. There is no way. Now, now that he now that he doesn't have a game to prepare for, he's focused on recruiting and he's yeah, exactly. Stuff done. I mean, right now uh, it's kind of like a, a dead period as far as like practice. Uh, the teams aren't really practicing right now. They're not going to start preparations until shortly before Christmas. So they're probably going to – so right now, coaches are mainly just focusing on recruiting and trying to catch up, making up for lost time since during yeah. the season they don't get to recruit as much. And the early signing period is coming up. Exactly. Uh, if the early so. signing period is another thing I've been talking about in previous podcasts. Like the early signing period is just making coaches focus more on recruiting in December more than they have in previous uh, you know cycles. Do you all think Saban's actually out here recruiting, or do you think there's assistance for him? Because I don't know if he is actually in. No, he's out recruiting. You he's think? out there, and he's out there in his crimson blazer going out there and closing deals. Closing yeah. deals. So you, both of you aren't suspicious of this with being maybe there's some money involved. Oh, of course there's always money yeah. involved, but no one ever gets caught. Unless you're Ole Miss. So you think you think there might be some money involved, but you think everybody has money involved, so it's not a big deal. It's really not that big of a deal, honestly, because everyone's doing it. It's just all about who gets caught and who the NCAA wants to catch. They're only going to try to catch the schools that don't have any business recruiting well, like when Ole Miss was recruiting well a few years ago. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like because Memphis could have got the guy. Now, yeah, I bet his heart was set on Memphis. Yeah, because but, probably but he could. just he just, he needed the money too much, you know. Yeah. He just wanted. He just wanted to give that mom that car she's always wanted. 
can't can't blame a dude for that. Hey, shout out to you for that tweet. I know like it didn't get as much traction, Holt, but it like probably one of my biggest pet peeves on Twitter is how athletes tweet because it's just it's so stereotypical, like or typical. They're they're so I guess kind of basic in the way they tweet because it's like all the same. All of them have like the crazy emojis, and all of them talk about being blessed and. Um, I gotta do what's best for me, and yeah, it's not being also self righteous about yourself. I, I just love the please respect my decision, like when they always say that. Yeah. Like, like, like please don't start, blame me on Twitter. Just start using, start using that in the real world, and like see how that goes. Like anytime <laughs> I'm gonna do anything controversial, I'm just gonna say yeah, please respect my decision. Yeah, um, I also think it's stupid when people when like you see the diehard fans come in and like tweet at their recruits like, why are you going there? Or, Thanks. Thank you for coming. Oh my god, Th- that's like the worst. Like, I mean, it seriously, like, like, or like calling him like a piece of shit for not choosing their school. Like, dude, you're 45 years old. You're talking to a 17 year old. You know, know your place here. So Alabama's now gotten back to being the number one uh, team for the class of 2019. They, um, I think, it's gone back and forth. Georgia, Alabama was number one. Um, A&M, I think, has been number one for a little bit. Georgia's been number one for a little bit. And right now it's Alabama, Georgia, and A&M. I think Alabama's probably got a firm lead. But if you look at the breakdown, Georgia does have four or five stars compared to Alabama's two five stars. Um, Alabama just has 21 four stars, which is crazy compared to Georgia's 13 four stars. But um, I do think that's going to be the SEC championship game for the years to come based off the talent. Um, but um, Georgia's doing big things out there. They, um, they got an offensive lineman, a five-star offensive lineman from – uh, Alabama Clay Webb this week, so that was a big deal. And they also have um, they have the number one overall player, Nolan Smith, coming there from uh, Florida. Defensive end is what he is. But um, I was also looking at JB. Um, I was looking at Caden Mays because I knew he was a huge uh, Tennessee fan growing up, and then he ended up going to Georgia last second just because of like the you know instability of Tennessee's program, but. Caden Mays has a brother that um, still could go to Tennessee, but I saw some people tweeting at him like how much they hate his brother because he flipped from Tennessee to Georgia. He's not loyal. I was like, man, you are just so dumb. Like, why are y'all doing this? Yeah, there's no reason to do that, like, at all. And Tennessee's, you know, going back to coaching searches, like, still not really sure what's going on with their offensive coordinator position. Yeah, JB, give us the scoop. Yeah, it depends on who you talk to. Uh we have a local personality in Knoxville who is a former Tennessee coach that coached under coach with Fulmer, uh, Doug Matthews, who says that the hire is already being done, but uh, they're holding out on it because this guy is still coaching. So take it as you will. I mean, it could be that he's coaching a current college football team that's in a bowl game or in the playoff, or it could be a coach from the NFL. But on the other side of things is that Pruitt is just interviewing tons and tons of people and can't decide. So, I mean, take it as you will. Yeah, you never really know. I know if Tennessee wins, get this, if he gets this thing turned around with Tennessee, I mean, he's going to win on defense side, not on offense. I mean, they just need somebody that's not going to F it up on offense, not just give games away, because I think he's going to try to win like Nick Saban does and like uh, Kirby Smart wins, although both of them have great offenses now. But historically, they've uh, played with great defense. It's at least the first thing you think about with Saban and Kirby Smart is defense, not offense. So I think that's what he's probably trying to do. But you also want an offensive coordinator that can develop players. Uh, like Francis Garantano, I think – I don't know if he was ranked higher than Fromm, but he actually might have been ranked higher than Fromm. Um, although, actually, I don't, now that I think about mm, he's it. A, he's a year, he's yeah. a year uh, no. difference from Fromm. He was a year before Fromm. He's yeah. actually the same year as Shea Patterson and uh, Jacob Beeson. I was trying to think who, who I saw, though. Yeah, I, I knew you right now. 
I'm thinking about that, but there's somebody in there that like that he was ranked ahead of that's that's way better than him now, or at least to this point. Um, what what class was uh, Garrett Thomas? Was he 16? He was 2016. Yeah, I'll have to look it up real quick. But um, he, he was actually the number two dual threat, I believe, only behind Shea Patterson in his class. Yeah, so career rankings matter, but sometimes they don't if you can't develop them. So we'll see. Let's talk about some other coaches real quick. So um, the, probably the biggest one is Mike Lox, Loxley. I think that's how you say his name. Is going to Maryland. Yep. Going to Maryland. Um, I'll be office coordinator who won the. What's it, the Broyles Award for the top assistant coach? Which yep, I don't know. The Broyles Award. I don't know if he should have won it. I mean, he. I, I mean, I would. It was either between him and Shoop for me. I actually would have given it to Shoop. Uh, I think anybody could have been off as a coordinator for that Bama team. The way it looked and the, the makeup of that offense, and That's what I'm could have coached it to an awesome. And honestly, I don't even think Loxley was the best offensive coach on that staff. I think Alabama's offense is going to be in even better shape next year with Enos as their offensive coordinator. If the reports are true that he's going to be the offensive coordinator now. That was my question. I mean, I'm assuming that is going to be the move that they're going to make, and I think that's why they brought Enos in as the quarterback's coach because he's going to be succeed Mike Loxley. And it's funny if you if you think about it, Mike Loxley was a internal hire last year to be offensive coordinator. Or uh, I'm trying to think, was he was he the guy behind Lane Kiffin? I guess or who's who's he got brought on? I believe as a wide receivers coach. He was an analyst before that, you know, when he first came on in Alabama stuff. Yeah, so – oh, no, no, no. It was the um, the Patriots offensive coordinator – Patriots guy that was off. You're talking about – well, yeah, you're talking about Dable, but I was talking about uh, Loxley when he came on in Alabama stuff. He started off as an analyst, and then he got moved, I think, to wide receivers coach, and then he got slowly promoted to the offensive coordinator last year the, or this year. The point I'm making here is that part of the reason why, like, he got – promoted to be offensive coordinator was because they I think they were thinking that um if they brought like these talented offensive coordinators in like they were going to be in and out in a year or whatever it was going to take and they wanted somebody who's gonna be there longer than a year and you know he comes in and just kills it as offensive offensive coordinator gets the Maryland job so it's like kind of just defeats the whole purpose and it's I mean it's actually a good sign of your program when you get coaches that are assistant coaches that are hired away but it just kind of sucks but um you know I don't I don't know He'll actually be a good Maryland coach because he wasn't a good coach before this. So I don't know if he could be a good head coach. I don't, most of Saban's assistants besides Kirby Smart um, haven't been great. So I don't really know if he'll be a good coach or not. But he is there. And JB, or I guess I'll bring Holden to this in a second, but I'll, I'll say with you, JB, um, going to Maryland with Mike Loxley is Alabama offensive analyst Butch Jones as a associate head coach. And tight ends coach. And a tight ends coach. Why would he bring him on as a associate head coach? Is he trying to lose? If you look at Loxley's staff, he is bringing on a staff of recruiters. That's what his strategy is going to be: is to make sure he can get the best talent he can in College Park, Maryland. And another thing about Bush Jones is it's funny him ironically being a tight ends coach because back when he was uh, the coach at Central Michigan, he tried he was going to try to make JJ Watt a tight end instead of a defensive end when J.J. Watt was first at Central Michigan. So how ironic is that? And now he's going to be coaching tight ends. You know, Butch Jones' name surfaced for East Carolina. East Carolina ended up hiring, I think, the Charlotte coach. I think that's right. No, no, no. No, Charlotte got somebody. Charlotte got the James Madison coach. East Carolina. No, he didn't. Remember the James Madison coach, Mike Houston, ended up going to East Carolina because he was going to go to Charlotte. 
And then okay. he backed out and went to East oh, Carolina. Charlotte, Charlotte got the Austin P coach. That's like twenty nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an awesome hire for Charlotte. I mean, they turn around and get get a shit. I know his name, the Austin P coach. He's really, really good coach, and he is going to win at Charlotte. I can tell you that. Like well, he's young. Will Healy. Will Healy's his name. Yeah, he is like Austin P has been a doormat program in football mm-hmm. for a long time, and he comes in and, and wins there like. You don't win at Austin P. Like if you've ever seen the facilities there, it's a graveyard. Yeah, I was gonna say I know it's very hard to win Austin P. So that's good. I mean, he's young. That's only a bad thing, but maybe that's a good thing because he's on his way up. I don't know, but um, it'll be it'll be interesting. And I just don't know why you brought Butch Jones. I guess you said recruiting. That makes sense. But I yeah, hope, strictly I, for recruiting. I hope it's they all, give it's all for recruiting. I hope they give Butch Jones the mic and give him a chance to talk because I'm really interested to see hear him again. It'd be just fun to listen to him. Holt, let's finally get back to you. So, other moves in coaching around the country is your boy Manny Diaz has left beautiful Miami for the cold weather in Philadelphia for Temple University. Do you yeah, think Temple Temple just loves those former Mississippi State defensive coordinators, don't they? Yeah, I, is that the first thing you thought of when they hired him? Yeah, it is. Well, like when I first started hearing the rumors the other day, it was just kind of like deja vu. You know, just like. This story sounds familiar. Yeah, the thing I like about Manny Diaz, he had he had a bad run in Texas, but other than that, he's been pretty good as a coach. Although <clears> this year, I don't know if he's really that great. Miami wasn't that great. Oh season. no, Miami's defense was awesome this year. Okay, that's why I was. They were, yeah, they were one of the best defenses in the country, actually. Okay, it's just like they didn't get as many turnovers as they got last year, and the offense was terrible, and so they weren't winning games, and that's kind of why maybe it wasn't as talked about this year. But Miami's defense actually played very well this season. So, do you think Temple was like, okay, well, Jeff Collins left. He's a defensive guy. So, let's just hire another defensive guy to replace our defensive guy. Do you think that's what it went down? Uh, Maybe. I mean, I feel like they're probably just trying to hire the best guy for the job. And I think Manny Diaz is ready to be a head coach. I think he's proven that he's a really good defensive coordinator. Just like you said, everywhere he's been, he's been really successful. He had a really good run at Middle Tennessee. He had a great year at Mississippi State in 2010. Uh, you know, then he went on to Texas where the first couple of years he was there, he did really good and looked like a real up and comer. A lot of people were, um, um, you know, yeah. talking about him as a potential hot young coach. And then it doesn't work out there. Skip Holtz brings, brings him on at Louisiana tech and they end up, I think they led the country in turnovers um, one year when he, he was there for like two or three years, I think. And then went, you know, goes to Mississippi state for a year again. And then, and then Miami, where they've been on this run the last few years. So it's been, you know, he's a really good coach. And I think what happened at Texas um, has proven to be a, uh exception rather than the rule as far as the kind of coach he is. So I think it's a really good hire for Temple. And uh, also, um, Austin P. speaking of them, hired Mississippi State tight end coach Mark Hudspeth today. So it yeah. all comes back. It all comes back around. Yeah, so all these smaller schools hold, are making really, really good hires. I mean, Hud Smith being, you know, hired at Austin P. Great hire for Austin P. to try to continue what Will Healy has created. Charlotte turning around and getting Will Healy from Austin P. after Mike Houston ended up ditching them for East Carolina. So, you know, shout out to some of these smaller schools, you know, for making the best hires that they could possibly make. And I actually have been hearing that Charlotte was kind of a, like a hot job. Like a lot of coaches had some interest in that. Apparently that's a uh, – uh, a lot of coaches see that as a potential turnaround. Yeah, yeah potential. It's, it's, kind of, 
Yeah, because it's a, it's a Charlotte's an awesome market. Uh, there's a lot of talent in the state of North Carolina, and a lot of these schools uh, poach North Carolina for talent because there's just not really a lot of you know schools in North Carolina that are you know foot you know heavily heavy football traditions. You know, right? I I don't know about y'all, but I would never leave even if I was a Mississippi State Titans coach to go coach at Austin P. I know Austin P's done a little bit better, but I just I don't I would never want to go like that low. I would I can understand you going to like Conference USA for Charlotte or even um, Temple and American Athletic Conference because that's this is a little bit better there. But I just would not want to go be a head coach at such a small school. Well, I mean, just like we were talking about with Jim McElwain, I think some coaches, like, once they get a taste of being the man in charge, they just don't want to go back to being an assistant anymore. Exactly. And like they, they don't mind moving down a level if they have to, but they would rather yeah. be a head coach at the lower level than an assistant at the highest level. Exactly. A lot of these guys would rather be the one calling the shots, you know, the, be the man in charge, and they don't want to take orders from somebody else. That's probably the reason why Hugh Freeze ended up taking the head coaching job at Liberty rather than being an OC in the SEC. Like, I think he just was that desperate just to be a head coach again that he didn't want to be an OC and just take orders from Jeremy Pruitt, Nick Saban, or Gus Malzahn. Yeah. I, uh, Shout out to I Jesus for to... handling his jump, by the way. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was listening to people talk about this on the radio. Um, first instinct, I'm thinking, okay, why would he not go to Auburn or – Tennessee and just rebuild his his brand, his image, and his reputation, and just get a bigger head coaching job, like kind of like uh, what Kiffin did at Alabama to go to uh, Florida Atlantic. I don't understand why Hugh Freeze didn't do the same thing because it just makes sense. It's easy. He knows the South. He's familiar with it all. But then they were saying that Liberty actually isn't as hard to win as you would think. It's obviously not a big school, but. Um, Turner Gill, when he was there, I think he got six wins like three years in a row. Yeah. So I think, I think Hugh Freeze could easily get six wins, and you know maybe a little bit better coaching get seven or eight wins. And yeah, then, exactly. Like, get, and it is an, eight eight, eight, and it's also an independent too. So I mean the schedule yes. is free reign with Liberty. Yeah. Did you travel to Ole Miss so, in a couple of years? You'll saw that, right? I did. I did. I, what year is it exactly, Holt? I want to say it's 2021 or 2022. I'm not sure. If it's 2021, Hugh Freeze probably will be the head coach. So I think Hugh Freeze is probably going to be at Liberty for the next two, three seasons to rehabilitate his image and, you know, generate some buzz there. And then once he does, I think some Power 5 school will come calling. Yeah. A couple of years. I mean, he's. I think he's just too talented of a head coach for him to not get another opportunity. I, I heard yeah. someone talk about this before, and they were like, you know, oh, no way he gets back into the Power 5. But I'm like, like teams are so desperate to win. And he's so talented as a head coach. And, like, the other thing, too, is, like, you know, you can talk about, like, what he did, but, like, coaches have been forgiven for way less than that, honestly. Exactly. And that's kind of funny. Like, if Liberty's playing Ole Miss in two years, like, we're expecting Liberty to probably make a quick turnaround with Hugh Freeze. Like, I expect Liberty to be really good with Hugh Freeze. Like, probably going to win about eight or nine games with him, you know, off the bat. And and when they come to Ole Miss two years from now, they might actually beat Ole Miss because Ole Miss is probably going to be rock bottom by the time they come in 2021. It would be a good story. It would be. It would be. And you know how bad Hugh Freeze would want to beat his old school too, especially stick it to Ross Bjork, his former AD. That's, a, that's another point I want to bring up. Why the hell is he still even around? Like, Why is, why is he not getting fired yet? That doesn't make sense at all to me. Because I yep. think they, they're out a – like I don't know if it's the president of the university or like some – like whoever, I, I'm not 100 percent sure on this. I just kind of heard it on the radio here in Jackson, but um, they were basically saying like whoever his boss is, like they don't have someone in that position right now, so they've kind of just like 
you know, until they hire someone, they're just sticking with Bjork for now. But yeah, I agree. Like Bjork to me is just as guilty as, as far as the NCAA stuff goes, as she freezes in my opinion. And cause I mean, it wasn't just football. I mean, they got in trouble for like, I think track and field, yeah, like three different sports, like women's basketball, which is surprising because her women's basketball program is God awful. It is. <laughs> so like, I, it's, I don't know. It's cheating. I know. Right. This is crazy. That, like that's the sport they were cheating in. Like, that's really sad. <laughs> cheating and not even winning. That's cheating and cheating and being like one of the worst teams in the country. Like, <laughs> but any, anyway, like it. I agree with you. I am surprised that he's still there. And uh, you know, apparently, I mean, this is just speculation, but apparently, at the Egg Bowl at midfield, he was calling Mississippi State players thugs and stuff like that. So, yeah, shout I'm out sure to him for that. I'm sure we're not the only ones that are wondering, even in, like an old Miss. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of old Miss fans wondering like why he's still around because there's just been they cannot be they cannot let him make the next coaching hire in my opinion. They just can't. No, no so I'm I'm agreeing with too. Like Ross Bjork should not be making the next head coaching hire, you know, and this hire is probably gonna be made a year from now. I mean, assuming that you know that not for sure though, because remember we we did we did wrongly predict uh, at Coach O. We did, so. but, but LSU uh, also has a lot of really talented players, which they we were still really talented. talked about. They just what well, the difference between LSU and Ole Miss is LSU had a lot of talent, and also they had a really really difficult schedule to deal with. Ole Miss might have a difficult schedule, but they're not going to have near the talent next year. And Matt Luke just isn't as proven. Like we're not expecting much out of Matt Luke, and I've already said you know earlier in this podcast, I'm absolutely guaranteeing that Matt Luke will get fired next year, either if it's mid season or at the end of the season. Let's talk about a couple more moves, then we can move on to whatever the hell we want to talk about next. Um, Auburn has a new offensive coordinator. So, Chip Lindsey, where did he go? Uh, he is the Kansas line. offensive coordinator now. He's going to be working oh, for the Mad Hatter. Les Miles. And the defensive coordinator was just announced. The defensive coordinator was from where? I forgot. Oh, man. Oh, so, man. I'm sorry. Which job are you all talking about? I zoned out for a second. Kansas, Kansas defensive coordinator. Oh, man. You're going to make me think about it. Hold uh, on. Uh, I was about to say, I know who Kansas hired for their offensive coordinator. Yeah, hold on. I'll, I'll look it up because I know. Yeah, who was, who was the offensive coordinator that Kansas hired, Holt? That would be Chip Lindsey from Auburn. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. I think Jeff is, Jeff is pulling a little funny on you. He thinks he's funny. Uh, uh, well, I, I have heard a rumor that he should be doing stand-up, so it wouldn't it – wouldn't, it wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past old old uh, tricky JB to be uh, making a little joke over there. <laughs> DJ Elliott, DJ Elliott from Florida State, Miami, Colorado, Kentucky. Um, I don't know where he was now. Yeah. I mean, I I'm not too familiar with him to be quite honest. I think, I think he was. Oh, he's probably defensive coordinator at Kentucky, but it wouldn't make sense for him to leave Kentucky. I don't know. It's not enough. It's not worth your time, honestly. But um, Auburn's new offensive coordinator is none other than Memphis offensive coordinator Kenny Dillingham. 29-year-old Kenny Dillingham. God dang, we're not too far from 29. Some, know, of, us closer, some of us closer than others, JB. Uh, uh, you're not, yeah, don't, you're don't remind me. Getting close. But he's only 29, and he is the Auburn offensive coordinator. I mean, it, we can all agree that this would not be the offensive coordinator if Gus had free reign on who he wanted to hire. Um, I think he had a 
pretty heavy restrictions on who he could hire. But, I mean, I guess it's an easy decision for Kenny Dillingham, but I don't know if it's the best decision because, um, you know, Auburn coach coach Gillis could be fired next year and he would be looking for a job just kind of like he's doing now. And he was at Memphis and Norvell was going to probably have a good offense next year. So it can be easy for him to look good again for another year. And Mike Norvell could have gotten a better job. So um, he could have gone with Norvell, but I guess he wanted to get paid and get um, more, more recognition now. So he's left for Auburn. Um, I, I mean, I kind of like, I don't really know him obviously personally. I don't, but I don't really know too much about him. I just, I know that he's young and he's, He's got a nice little come-up story uh, being, you know, basically an intern working on his way up with Coach Norval away from Arizona State. So I, I like him. Um, and it sounds like he's got a lot of drive. But um, also this is this is another weird weird thing because he was hired as offense coordinator, but it's been announced that Gus is going to call the plays. So that just really makes me wonder what the hell is he even going to do. Yeah, I mean, I assume that he's just going to, like, give ideas and coach quarterbacks and – Whatever else. I mean, I don't know what else assistants do. Um, but, I mean, that was kind of the, the knock on Malzahn this year was that he wasn't letting Lindsey call the plays, that he was calling the plays. I don't know how, you know, how true any of that is. I don't know how to validate any of that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, it looks like Malzahn is um, going to be calling the plays. And, you know, I, I know they, they talked about Stidham leaving, uh, going to the NFL. So, uh, they their backup quarterback is a little more of a runner. His name escapes me. They also have a really highly recruited, Bo yeah, Bo uh, really highly recruited quarterback coming in. That's going to be a freshman this year. I don't know. I've I've no idea if he's planning on coming in earlier, if he's going to be ready uh, to start the season next year. But you know, I've, I don't know what they're going to do at the quarterback position. I don't know if the offensive line is going to be fixed. But that being said. Um, you know, Gus Malzahn, just when you think they're about to have a shitty year and they're, they're about to fire him, he goes on a winning streak. So maybe he'll get really hot next year and start off like 10-0, and 0, and then, you know, they'll give him an extension, and then he'll lose like the last three games of the season. Yeah. So speaking on this SEC carousel, I did some research uh, between the last podcast and this one. It's been something that's been in my head for a while, and I finally found out the stat. Barring anything unexpected happening, you know, in the next few weeks in the SEC, this will be next season, 2019, will be the first year since 2006 that all 14 SEC schools will have every head coach returning. Jabby, did you really find that set, or did you look it up at one point in your life from somebody else? I looked it up. <laughs> Jabby, who, who came up with that stat first? I know you didn't come up with the stat first. I mean, I had to just do a lot of research and eventually Jebby, settled upon it. First. You saw it on Twitter. Jebby. <laughs> there's nothing I mean, wrong with just saying you saw something on twitter it doesn't matter how i found it i did actually research it and i looked for it it doesn't matter how i found it i told you i was gonna look for it and i did find it i just happened to find it tonight but i found it good job jb i'm proud of you for putting in so much work for the good of the podcast this doesn't this doesn't like and really... thank you for thank you jb for letting me and alex be on your podcast yeah, <laughs> this you, you even let us talk some. It's cool. Yeah, this doesn't really go with um, what we're saying too much, but it just kind of makes me think about what type of person JB is. Sometimes <laughs> I just think like if JB like sat on a recliner, like one of my my recliner, and like just happened to break it, he would just like kind of half half ass and fix it real quick before I sat down and like let me sit down and be like, and then it would break and be like, "What'd you do to it, man?" Yeah, like Tommy boy. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a very that's a very much a JB move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could totally see JB doing that and like yeah. probably eats probably eats his girlfriend's fries when she's not looking. Although I do that. Oh God, here's a story right here for you, Alex. You'll love this. <laughs> so the last time me and my woman uh went to Huey's, we my uh woman? we went, we went are you, are you all are y'all like official now is that is that like a thing are y'all like a couple now or what's the deal well it's she's probably slaves. listening she's probably gonna be listening so uh, i don't know how i'm supposed to answer this jb is she your girlfriend or not uh you know i guess i will uh call her that you know Ooh, all right i ain't gonna say we're official but right. I, let's I'll just go ahead and let's, let's just right, i'll well, call her my, i'll call her my girlfriend let's the pause story. the podcast and let's go put it on facebook and then we'll come back no, we can't even call you Center King of Memphis anymore, man. No, there's no Memphis. such thing. Well, there's no such thing as uh, putting this on Facebook. But, uh, you know, let's go back to the story here. So her and I are eating at Huey's, and uh, we're splitting a plate of cheese fries. And I am eating this plate of cheese fries, you know, ridiculously fast. And she calls me out on it. It's like, this is not a race. We split this in half here. And it's, it's not like, are you afraid? Like, are you afraid it's going to, like, go away? Like she thought it was, she thought it like she thought like I was eating so fast because she was afraid she was gonna eat my half and all the food just gonna end up walking away in her mouth, you know. Like it, it's, it's so exactly she's she's not happened. used to eating with us. Like you got too much practice yeah. eating with us. Exactly. You, like if, this is exactly. We split, what... in, we split an appetizer. You're not gonna make it unless you unless you eat fast. See, I was eating this these cheese fries like how I would eat it when I'm splitting with one of you two because especially with Alex because even if Alex tried to divide this half and half. Alex will try to invade my side after he finishes his half. So, like, I was just trying to eat no, as bro, quickly as I could. My on my... Yeah, like, I was trying to eat as quickly on my side as I could, not even knowing I was eating that fast just because I'm just used to it. And she's like, Debbie. she's like, slow down, Jordan. Just slow Debbie. down. Debbie, real, real talk, real quick. Were you actually scared that she was going to eat it more than you were? Like, were you going to no. be scared? Like, were you no, I actually wasn't. Like... I wasn't. It's just like I had been bread to eat my appetizers quickly because of all of these times I've gone out to eat with you and Holt. Did you make her pay too? Uh, non-disclosure. <laughs> God dang it. You, you make me look great, <laughs> joking either. Joking. Like, you better not eat my fries and you better pay for this shit, bitch. God dang, JB! Did she open the car door for you too? Yeah, so my girlfriend's probably gonna absolutely kill me once she listens to this podcast in the morning. Well, it was good. It was nice knowing you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, pray for me. R.I.P. I.P. JB. Yeah, pray for me. Uh, other other coaching moves. We'll talk about this real quick, and then we'll we'll bounce on to the next topic, which can't be too long because we're running out of time. Um, hold. This is your favorite topic. Paul Johnson finally decides to retire based off your advice saying like, Hey, the option offense, this is, this can't be going on in the future. This is a 20, this is like a 1990 thing or a 1950 thing. And you're bringing it into 2018. So it's gone now it's gone. And they replaced him with Jeff Collins, the former Mississippi state defense coordinator. Now um, the temple, temple coach, now the Georgia tech coach, he's from Georgia. So this makes sense. Um, rival Georgia. So kind of plays in SEC football. Um, did you see his very first tweet as a George Tech? No, uh, you're talking about the Waffle House picture. Yeah. Okay, because I, I also heard that he took a dig at Georgia, but I didn't actually hear what he said. But uh, 
I don't I don't think he said anything about Georgia there. I think he just said something okay. about like because so I but, thought I heard someone say that he took a dig at Georgia, but I haven't I haven't heard anything about exactly what he said. But yes, well, I did see the uh, I did see the picture at Waffle House that was very uh, Georgia of him. He knows how to endear himself to the city of Atlanta, and hopefully, you know, people talk about Georgia owning that state or whatever. But I mean, there's so many players there. It's not like Georgia's going to get everybody. So. It'd be interesting to see if uh, Jeff Collins can fend off some of the out-of-state powers and get some of those kids to Georgia Tech. What do you think the minimum turnaround time it will be for Georgia Tech, switching from option offense to um, a more offense? I mean, defensively, I feel like it's probably shorter as far as offensively, especially the offensive line. I think it's going to be at least a year and a half. Um, I think by the maybe the end of the 2020 season, like the second half of the 2020 season, maybe you'll start to see – some advancement there, but I think they're really going to struggle on the offensive side of the ball for his first couple of years. And defensively, obviously he is a defensive guy. So I think that'll probably be a quicker turnaround. Um, But uh, it just, it all depends on how well he can get that offensive line put together because those, you know, the triple option offensive linemen are a little bit undersized and they're not built. Uh, a normal system and they're probably going to get killed if they have to pass block and run block like normal division one teams and take on Marshall cannot throw a pretty spiral for that far. I don't think it works. It works at Georgia tech when he was there with Paul Johnson, because whenever he did throw, nobody's expecting him. So it worked, but he's a good quarterback for Paul Johnson, but it's not going to be pretty for a offense that has like one for he for offense where he has primarily pass. But you could always find, like, a grad transfer or, you know, something like that. I mean, I feel like a quarterback would be a little bit easier to find. Quarterbacks are always transferring and, you know, things like that. So, you know, he may not necessarily be stuck with him. He may be able to move positions or have, like, special like special package for him or something like that. But I I definitely think he's going to be trying to look. I think his quarterback at Temple was a dual threat guy, if I remember correctly. But, you know, either way, I mean, I'm not too worried about the – the skill position players and the quarterback as much as I am the offensive line. I think that's what's going to be the more long-term fix. I think that's all the coaches for now. But I'm sure there's more that we didn't mention, but these are the main ones that stuck out um, in the last couple of weeks. Um, before we get to rapid fire, Holt wants to talk about the 18 playoff, which I'm not really excited to talk about because I hear this conversation, this topic. Hey, about, hold, so, hold on, the, Alex. The only reason – if also, we're doing a, we're doing the eighteen playoff, and we're also going to talk about a little game this weekend. Then we're going to do rapid fire. Well, Jamie, you want to stay on this thing for two hours? We can't do that long. We ain't going to talk, right, talk about our things for that long. We're, Memphis, we just Memphis want five playing, minutes. Memphis JB play. just JB just wants to hype up yeah. Tennessee because they beat Gonzaga the other day, and he's all big chested. Also, and because they're, uh, they're gonna they're gonna lose to Memphis, and then he's not going to want to talk about basketball ever again. Actually, so just because gotta... I, I want to do some a bet with Alex because. I always lose my bets with Alex, so I kind of want to uh, change it up a little bit here. So you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna like bet that Tennessee's gonna lose, so that mm, not exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would do. <laughs> I mean, I think Alex and I both think uh, that Tennessee's gonna win, but is I, Memphis ranked? No, no, no. They're not good. I don't even think they received a vote. But that <laughs> Jamie, no, that means fact. But no, hey, man, even Mississippi State's ranked. Yeah, they're ranked like 16th right now, aren't they? They're like, yeah, they hit like 18 threes the other day and beat Clemson. And like, they're playing in New York in front of like 12 people. Good, <laughs> very good. 
<laughs> he like some kind of evil genius. Like, what's going on over here? Yeah. He's like, he's like, this is really good for Tennessee's RPI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't even they don't even use RPI anymore. I don't even know. Nah, it's, it's good. Now. It's good for the SEC. We need SEC. SEC's good in basketball now. So, all right, Jamie, go ahead and spit out your bet real quick. Except for Kentucky. Well, the bet I want to do, Alex, is uh, the line. I think the line right now for this game is Tennessee is a eleven or twelve point favorite. <laughs> So, I think, Alex, you're probably going to pick Tennessee to win by less than 12, right? No, I would pick Tennessee to win by more than 12. Would you? Okay. <laughs> okay, so I will go the opposite of you. I think Tennessee wins by less than 12. So, you want to do a bet on this? Um, a beer. All right, a beer. All right. So, if Tennessee wins by more than 12, I have to buy you a beer. If Tennessee wins by less than 12, you got to buy me a beer. Now let's do let's do a case of beer. All right, a case of beer. You can buy me a let's case do... of craft beer. <laughs> now I just want to I want to see how far you would go with it because I feel like there's some point where you're like, oh, that's too much. This is gonna win. I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll just we'll keep it to a beer. We'll keep it to a beer. A beer, a beer out, or a six pack. Either way. Okay, that works. And I mean, I've already got a uh, free meal coming from Holt next time he sees me. I can't wait for that. Yeah, you're you're getting it all scheduled in. Uh, well, I mean, this is this is what I like to do with my teams when I bet on my form or with my teams. I like to bet against them because it's like if well, unless in this case Memphis wins by or Memphis Tennessee wins by like eight, that's just gonna suck for me because I'm gonna lose the game for Memphis and then I'm gonna lose the bet too. So I want Memphis to either win or them to lose by fifteen or something. So we'll see. But it's a good game. It's it's a it's not a historical rivalry, but a rivalry that has been big in the past. I think it's been ten years since the. The one versus two matchup uh, when it was Memphis number one, Tennessee uh, two, Tennessee one by four. Do you remember the score, Jay? Because I remember the score. Uh, which game exactly are we referring to? One versus two, Tennessee Memphis. Yeah, 66, 62. Yeah, good. Do you remember that championship game score? Uh, I do not exactly. I just remember it was a nine-point game with a minute 40 left. Is that right? Something like that. Two minutes, yeah, something like that. Um, it was 75 to 68. But I'm, I'm glad you remember the 66, 62. That's pretty good. Um, but that was a, um, I don't know. That I, was I the biggest game and probably the state of Tennessee that's ever had as far as a basketball game. And it was one of the best college basketball games, you know, in the last decade too, honestly, like just the magnitude of it. And, you know, it, then Tennessee was number one for like 24 hours and they lost it. The exactly. Like that was a really, really tough <laughs> turnaround for Tennessee to play at Memphis, number one Memphis, and then play at number 14 Vanderbilt exactly 48 hours later. And, for not red, Tennessee didn't even get back to Knoxville until 4 a.m. that night. And then they only had, like, one day of preparation and, and to get some sleep. And then they had to go to Nashville Tuesday to play number 14 Vanderbilt. To, uh, Tennessee, Tennessee basketball was really good that year. It was. Because I think Belmont was good. Belmont was good. Uh, Austin P had some had a good team as well. I think uh, yeah. there's another program, too, I think that was pretty good. It may have been East Tennessee State. No, they're good now. I don't think they were good. Kenny Chesney. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good year. Uh, I go back. (laughs) Um, Oh, not rapid fire, but 18 playoff. Why do you want to talk about this? Well, so the reason I want to talk about it is because uh, Barry Alvarez and uh, however many other people have been complaining, and they had this big article in The Athletic today that you have to pay for, so I didn't – that's actually, that's actually a question for us because me and JB were talking about uh, getting a subscription to Athletic. No, we're not sponsored by Athletic, by the way. But we're talking about getting a subscription for Athletic. But we're talking about splitting it two ways. But now we can split it three ways if you're interested. Um, 
How about you guys split it two ways, and then you just let me use the password? Yeah, I think I think hold up. If we split this thing three ways, like we would actually, it would be really really cheap between us. What would what did you say, Alex? It was for a yearly subscription. I think it was. I think it was thirty six for so the year. So basically, that'd be twelve dollars between all three of us for an entire year. So basically, one dollar a month. I mean, that's too much for hold though. It's too much. And also, yeah, I actually, I, I would, I would actually be down with that though. That's actually a good idea. But we probably shouldn't say that publicly because it's probably against the law. So. No, we're we're gonna. Well, I mean, yeah, like people don't do this with Netflix already. <laughs> I Netflix don't know what counts. you're talking about. I've never done anything like that ever. <laughs> I pay my taxes. That is against the law, Alex. <laughs> I don't break the law. I remember I went to Host Frat and man, I I had to be like, no, I think you were 21. You were like 21, and like some some, I guess one of your younger brothers. Dude, you better not be incriminating me on. on <laughs> no, no, no. This is actually good stuff. This is a good stuff. <laughs> And he's like, he's like, oh, can I get a beer? And I'm like, I do not believe in underage drinking. I do not put it on underage drinking. <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> I'm like, man, that's such a good way to like save your beer, man. Uh, I'm pretty sure I said that sarcastically because that didn't sound like something I would say. No, you but... you did, you did, but like, I think you were also serious. Like, don't steal my beer. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, maybe I use that as an excuse for someone to not drink my beer. I don't know. I don't remember. College was a interesting time in my life. Very very fun was- time. Every time I think of like you drinking beer, I think of like Stone Cold like drinking beer, like just tossing it back. <laughs> Give me a hell yeah! <laughs> what? <laughs> Dude, sometimes, sometimes also say that to me. <laughs> just crack up. I think he said it to my mom once too. She was like, what? <laughs> but yeah, so this eighteen playoff. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, it, it's just something that's been in the news today. That's why I wanted to talk about it. Because um, it was like this big article about it. There's been like this big push for it from some yeah. semi-important people, including Barry Alvarez, which, of course, he's going to do whatever's best for Wisconsin. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to say, I don't know how you guys feel about it. We've we've talked about it a few times. Um, they're saying that they want to do uh, eight teams and then guarantee that a uh, group of five team gets in and have on-campus matchups. Wait, for the four quarterfinals, yeah. Yeah, right. Which I'm those two things I'm very much in favor of. I definitely agree that if you're undefeated, even if you're a group of five team, you should get in. I I believe that. Um, it's just the the only thing that like I'm concerned about is the automatic bids. I just don't think you deserve to be in the playoff just because you won like your shitty conference, like the Pac-12 this year, like with Washington who has three losses and they lost to Auburn, who's like the fifth best team in the SEC West. Like, I just don't think they deserve to be in just because they won the Pac-12 and Northwestern was like one game away from getting in. And like, I don't know. I I just feel like if you get to eight teams, you start like really hurting the regular season and you start letting two lost teams in, which I'm not opposed to a two lost team, like maybe Auburn from last year, like where they, well, not so much Georgia this year, but definitely Auburn last year where they, only lost to they lost to Clemson on the road in a one possession game. They lost to LSU on the road in one possession game, and then they beat Georgia and Alabama. And they would have if they had beaten Georgia again, they'd have two wins over Georgia. So I mean that you know Georgia this year like they are really good, but deserving wise, you know I mean their best win is like Florida, which is not like super impressive. But I, I don't know. I'm just not like a fan of like two lost teams getting in unless they played like a just a really difficult schedule and have like some really big wins. Um, I just that's just my opinion, and I think once you get to eight teams, you really start watering down the regular season. Um, because teams are like a team like Alabama, 
could have two losses and still get in for Ohio State. And teams like big brand teams would really benefit from it, I think, because they could still have two losses and get in. And I just – I don't know. I just don't know if that's, like, best for the regular season. But, I mean, that being said, the quarterfinals will be a lot of fun. I really would like to see a group of five team get in. So, for that reason, I'm for it. I just think that college football, the greatness of it stems from – the fact that the regular season is such a big deal and the playoffs kind of are the regular season and it starts week one. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with just the 14 playoffs because you're going from a point in time like 10 years ago or whatever it was, five years ago when there were no playoffs at all. And like that, this year would be Alabama-Clemson. You'd have Notre Dame being undefeated, not getting into the national championship game and maybe considered co-champions. So I'm okay with 14 playoffs because it's a lot better than what we're used to. Um, and I don't know. I just, like, I don't want the college football playoffs to be like the NFL playoff. Yeah, so. exactly. And I mean, you look at like this year, if you did, if you had an 18 playoff this year, like, I mean, Michigan, like, like would have made it and like Georgia, like Georgia, like I'm okay with, cause like they are a really good team, but I just don't know if they really proved enough during the regular season to deserve like that opportunity. You know, like I said before, I think UCF should be in just cause they're undefeated. Not because I think they're a good team, but I mean, I do think they're a good team, but it's just if you go undefeated, like the fact that you don't get to play for any kind of championship at all is just kind of stupid to me. Um, so I definitely agree with that. But I just – I don't know. Like Michigan, like they played two good teams all year and then they looked like shit in both of them. And Georgia played one good team and they looked really good for most of the game, but they got blown out. I mean, LSU's a good team too and they got blown out in that game. Um They beat beat Florida and Kentucky, which is cool. But, I mean, is that really enough to say you deserve to play for, like, the national championship? Like, I don't know. It's okay for teams to be left out. Like, this this whole thing was never meant to be inclusive of everybody. I mean, it's the whole point of why it's been so great. Yeah, that's what I hate. Is it, like, people like, well, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. I'm like, dude, like, I'm sorry, but, like, have better teams. Like, what do you want? Like, it's not fair. Like, to me, it's not fair to, like, the second and third best teams in like a really good conference to just let in the best team from another conference just because they don't have like, you know, because someone from there has to be represented. Like that's just really unfair to me. Like to me, it should be like, no matter what you do, it should be the best teams like plain and simple. I mean, I don't really believe in automatic bids at all, unless you just, other than the, if there's an undefeated group of five team, then yeah, they should automatically be in. But other than that, I don't think there should be any automatic, bids like you know just like i'm saying with like washington or if northwestern somehow upset georgia or uh ohio state excuse me in the big 10 championship game or something like that like those teams don't deserve to be there and if you do automatic bids it also kills the non-conference because i mean the non-conference games now don't matter at all because the only thing that matters is winning your conference you know what i mean so it's like Alabama, Florida State, a couple of years ago, like one versus three or whatever it was, like wouldn't have even mattered because both teams still could have just won their conference. What I really believe in is these rapid fire questions. Hold, I think we've had enough of your soapbox. I think All we're right. ready. Well, I thought maybe y'all would have some like an opinion, but no, it was just I, I it? have an opinion. I, I agree with you. Hold, JB just fell asleep. He's probably watching the Grizzlies game or something. No, the Grizzlies won, but I, I've, I've been listening to all of me. I mean, I, I, everything Holt said. I mean, I pretty much agree with. Like, I'm, I'd, I'd be excited to have this good eight, eight teams. Uh, I mean, obviously they're gonna have a group of five champion. I mean, so you gotta have at least that one group of five team in your five conference champions. Which 
I don't know if I really like that because what if you have that one team that, you know, that wins the division, like let's say a 7-5, you know, Wisconsin wins their division, you know, 7-5 Northwestern, and they end up upsetting Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, whoever they play in the Big Ten Championship hypothetically in a few years, and they end up in the playoff. Like, do you really want that? I think, honestly, I think the way they should do it is you pick the eight best teams. The way they were doing it with the other format with the four best teams, you pick the eight best teams regardless of the conference and not even have conference champions as a, as a buy-in. No, it shouldn't matter at all because not all conferences are created equal. And it, no. I, don't, I don't want it to be like the NFL or like, like that one year where the Seahawks got into the playoffs with a losing record. And not only did they get in the playoffs, but they got to host a playoff game. Like, You're exactly. I mean, and that is way- just garbage. Yeah, and the way I look at it is, like, you should have the eight best teams and you can allow to have one group of five team in under the, condi- under the condition that the team is undefeated and that they're top 15 nationally. Yeah. What I've, um, what I've heard um, is Big Ten should – I don't know if Jim Delaney was talking about this or somebody was, like, thinking of this. Um, is Big Ten, they've now – Ohio State's been left all over the playoff two years in a row now. Um, having a pretty good record, eleven and one record. Um, they were saying that instead of having divisions for the Big Ten, they should just have the two best teams play in the Big Ten championship. Because if Ohio State played Michigan or Penn State in the Big Ten championship this year, then they would have had probably a better win than Texas or than Oklahoma had over Texas. And then you could maybe push them a little bit closer to being in over Oklahoma. So I think that would be a smart thing to do instead of having divisions because them being Northwestern really didn't do anything for them. But if they beat Michigan, it probably would have done a lot more for them. So I think that would be smart. It's just divisions are kind of a set in stone thing. I don't know if they're really willing to change it, but that's something that they could do to get yeah. their conference. I agree with that too, 100%. I think the SEC should get rid of, I think every conference should get rid of divisions. Yeah, because it's not always fair. But we digress. Uh, um, hope we can get home, get to sleep sometimes tonight. All right. Some of us are up right. and others. Let's get these rapid fire questions going. All right. So I got ten questions for Mr. Jordan J. B. Brooks. The, oh fuck! The, the late, the late birthday boy. <laughs> the late Tinder King Memphis too. Yeah, uh, we're still gonna have to call him that though, because that's just too good of a nickname to just True. throw away. True that. Uh, so we'll start it off. We'll start off easy, and then, you know, we're, we're gonna jump all over the place here. So just uh, brace yourself. And I, also, I reserve the right to ask questions too. Yeah, that's true. So maybe Alex. No, in. let's 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 keep Alex out of this bullshit. I can ask questions. Too. <laughs> yeah. Also, th- throwback to uh, the last one where JB said he didn't want to ask any questions, and I asked like one question, and JB wanted to ask like three in a row. JB, JB, what's your favorite appetizer? Chili cheese fries. No, 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 no. Let me switch that. <laughs> Let me switch that. Fried fried pickles. Fried pickles. Let's go fried pickles. Uh, what's the most underrated comedy movie? Underrated, oh, shit. I mean, see if I don't, I don't know the fucking answer when I don't know what it's gonna be. Um, <laughs> it's not like you're right or wrong. It's not I rocket science, Jimmy. Just let's answer go, the question. Let's go forty old version. Okay. Uh, who's the biggest uh, Tennessee recruiting bust? Uh, let's go with uh, Kenny O'Neill, wide receiver, JUCO wide receiver, mid two thousands. All right. Would you rather fight Jackie Chan or Mike Tyson? Oh, I'd rather fight Jackie Chan. 
Okay. <laughs> Just picturing that. Sorry. He's more finesse. Uh, I'll take finesse over power. <laughs> uh, who's your favorite superhero? Uh, it's got to be Spider-Man. All right. Would you rather have sex with every – you could have sex with every girl in the world but only once or – would you rather have sex with any 20 girls as many times as you want? Mm, let's do any 20 girls as many times as I want. Yeah, that's an easy one. All right. Well, I've actually asked that question before, and everyone else has said the first one, which I thought was stupid. I agree with you guys. Uh, yeah. Favorite of all of the 2000s? Are we doing just football, basketball, or, or – all right, you, football? Can take it any, you can take it anywhere you want. Okay, with basketball, you're going to have to go with Chris Lofton. He's probably one of my all-time favorite balls ever. Uh, for football, I'm going to have to go with Casey Clawson, the Iceman. I got one. Debbie, if you were a superhero, what would be your superpower? My superpower would be invisibility. <laughs> what would be your 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 uh, superhero like theme or slogan? What would it be like you're saying? My slogan would be... To the walls. To be. Because <laughs> I'll be invisible, so. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. I like that. It works. That, that went bad. That went bad. You handled that pretty well. Yeah. Uh, would you yeah. rather have sex with a chick with a dick or a guy with a vagina? You're asking Alex? No. I thought, I thought I heard him just say Al. No, I'm asking you, Jay. Oh. All right, repeat that. <laughs> you know what he said. Because I want to make sure I heard what he said. Repeat it. Would you rather have sex with a chick with a dick or a guy with a vagina? Uh, chick with a dick. Okay. I'm just kidding. Just I mean, because, I mean, I wouldn't. I feel, like you're gay. I feel like you're gay either way. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no right answer for this one. And my God, I hope my girlfriend doesn't listen the entire 75 minutes and gets to this part of the show. But she tells me she likes to listen to the last few minutes of the show too. But I'm probably just gonna tell her not to. <laughs> yeah, like she's gonna listen to that. Okay, yeah. I won't then. Okay, yeah. I won't. And then fast <laughs> forwards to it. Uh, what's your favorite TV channel that's not sports related? Um, uh, I like the Food Network or the Travel Channel. Not surprising. <laughs> What's the worst thing you did in elementary school, JB? Oh, uh, the worst thing I did was uh, we were taking a test. This is in my third grade class. We were taking a test, and uh, you know, like when you're moving around in your seats to try to get comfortable. Well, as I was moving into my seats, I felt a little gas, so I was going to try to like let it out, you know, softly. But then as I was moving my seat and trying to let it out softly at the same time, it just came out like, <clears throat> and it just went, it was just the loudest part ever. And the guy next to me is like, ah, oh, Jordan. <laughs> and then. What, what grade? Huh? What grade? I, I already said it was third grade. Okay, third grade. Okay. And then like, it was, it was not just loud. It was also really, really stinky <laughs> too. And my teacher ended up walking around to my area and, and spraying air freshener in my general vicinity. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks, man. That's yeah, talk about embarrassing for a third grader to have air freshener sprayed for your farts. Dude, in middle school, when we did when we had PE class, there was this kid that um did 
when we were doing sit-ups, this kid would fart like on every single sit-up. I've actually done that before too. I, there was one time I farted like on almost all the sit-ups too. <laughs> or another time was when I was playing pickup basketball, like in middle school. I uh, was diving for a loose ball and I farted. <laughs> hey, I'm sure you got the loose ball. Jimmy, what's your best short story? God damn it! <laughs> that's that feels like that's awfully specific here. Like you, like that's just like who has a short story? Like that's not like something that you just ask everybody or anybody. You you just you're just asking yeah, this specifically true. to me. This is awfully specific. That's true. Well, I will uh, plead the fifth on this one. Oh. That's fine. That's fine. I can live with that. We'll we'll follow up with you All right. on the next one. Well, I just have I have one more question, and it's kind of a sad one. But what is your most heartbreaking Tennessee loss? Most heartbreaking for me is probably shoot. There's a lot of them I've had to deal with. I probably have to go. If I want to go really really far back, I'd say 2001 when Tennessee lost to LSU in the SEC championship because Tennessee was on its way to playing in the national championship with the win and ended up blowing it. But when we talk about recent memory, I'd probably say the uh, 2015 uh, game against Oklahoma, which I attended, and Tennessee blew a 17 nothing fourth quarter lead to a then Baker Mayfield Oklahoma led team and ended up losing in overtime. It happens, man. It happens. Uh, well, I think that's the end of the show. Um, appreciate everybody that's been listening this long. Um, also, want to say we normally tell you to follow us on Twitter and Instagram and iTunes and podcasts everywhere, all this boss stuff. But um, we'd really appreciate all the feedback we get on iTunes because it really lets us know how we're doing. So if you want to give us a rating on, on iTunes and uh, review, we great so we can see if jb really has a chance for this stand-up comedian thing no i think uh these people are just full of shit i definitely do not have a future in stand-up comedy but uh you know i I appreciate you calling me that but uh the real comedian here is is holt because he's the one that puts all the condescending shit on our twitter and another thing is that holt uh started a uh bowl mania contest with us and i want you guys to join it i want all of our listeners to join it it is sec slow smoked on espn bowl mania and we're going to try to come up with some prizes. Uh, there is a uh, bet that me, Holt, and Alex are doing, just us together. We're, all three of us are putting in some money, and then the winner will be taking all. Uh, trip to Hawaii, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. I think we can all afford uh, – I think we have enough money in our uh, SEC social bank account to uh, give the winner of our uh, pool a trip to Hawaii. What do you think? I think so, too. I think it's about that time now. <laughs> Gets to get sleep on the East Coast. You know how that goes. Yeah, damn Eastern time zones. You're right. It sucks, man. You're right. Um, but we will follow up with you all on the great next podcast. So thanks for listening. Should See should you. get another podcast before the first SEC bowl game, right? For sure. All right. Sure. Ready, break.